0: Welcome. Thank you for joining us for this latest online sermon. So glad you're here. Um, We're praying that God will work powerfully through this ministry. And if he has, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at impact at at gmail.com. That's amazinglove at at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support this ministry and make sermons like this possible every week, please feel free to give online. There's a giving tab on our website. But now may God bless you through the preaching of his word. Thank you again for being here. Your friends, good to see you. I invite you to please pray with me and ask God's blessing. Heavenly Father, accomplish the purpose for which you send your word. Help us to see today the beauty of Jesus. Correct us, guide us, and comfort us all through your powerful word. Amen. I did a house project this past spring I wanted to tell you about. And to tell you about the project, I need to tell you about my favorite flower. My favorite flower is this flower, the golden poppy in California. And I had this idea that I was going to fill my house with golden poppies. I was going to grow so many poppies they would hang everywhere. That the hanging gardens of Babylon would be nothing compared to the hanging gardens of poppy of Bloomer. That was my goal. So I set out and I ordered seeds through Amazon. And I set out. And I googled how to grow things. And I hoped, I didn't really pray, but I hoped that they would grow. I have for you the fruits of my labor before you. I wanted to show you uh, what I was able to do. You're impressed, I know. Now, I I need to tell you they did look better at this at one point. Uh, They actually sprouted and were green, but out of hundreds of seeds and multiple attempts, I did not see a single flower grow. Now, with that, how many of you are green thumbs? Okay. I wish I was you. And how many of you kill stuff? (laughs) Welcome! And and, and welcome, my fellow killers of things. Um, The problem of, of this is that I really didn't know how they grow. I was thoroughly googled up for the project, I I saw the videos, I I got the soil, I, I, you know, planned how many we'd water and where they would sit in the house, but when it comes down to it, I just don't know how to grow golden poppies. So green thumbs, if you want to have a counseling session with me or discuss, you know, I would love to learn. Well, I want to ask a different question with you guys this morning, and it's not how does a garden grow, it's how does God's kingdom grow? And what we have is not Google, but the master gardener. What we have is Jesus giving us the master answer to how and why a garden grows. But I need a quick disclaimer. First of all, I want to welcome you if you're new here to Amazing Love. And and we are geeked out and glad that you are here. In fact, we hope that your time with us is so blessed that you'll want to come back. Um, But I also want to say that this, this sermon is probably not just pinpointed directly for you. Um, If you want a a sermon, pinpointed directly if you're a first-timer, go online. There's one called The Gospel under I Love My Church, that series. Because this one is kind of for those if you've been in church for a while. This one. And this one is kind of for those who have co-labored in this mission church where we poured into effort saying, how are we going to reach the lost? And if you've ever labored, if you've ever given any amount of energy or resource or time to, to try to grow a church, this is for you. And maybe if that's been your experience, you've even asked the question, how does a church grow? Why does some grow and why not others? And into that question, if you've ever poured out your heart for a church, if you've ever poured out your heart for Jesus and wondered why or why not it grows, he speaks. And that is for us today, co-laborers in Jesus. But again, welcome to everyone. And with that, I have a confession to make. My confession is this. I am Batman. Just Bad joke. Bad joke. Thank you for bearing with me, you know. That, that's part of the problem of being there in the seats is you have to put up with the pastor. But anyway, you have to put up with me. Um, but, but here is, is really a confession, and this time I'm going to be serious, okay? And you're going to have to bear with me. My confession is this. I would like to build a megachurch. Here again. I would like to build a mega church now bear with my explanation it is not so everyone would know my name it is not so everyone would name the, know the name of amazing love. It is that so many, many more would name, know the name of the only one who saves, the name that if you call on it, the, the gates of heaven open, the name of the Savior Jesus. And better stated, it's not a confession, it's a dream. You see, my dream has always been that when people gathered here, there would be first-timers who learned about the wonders of Jesus' love for the very first time, and they'd walk with him for an eternity, for their lifetime and for an eternity. It's been my goal, my dream, my prayers, so that people would reignite their faith life, here. And they'd see how good Jesus is. And if a mega church reaches thousands, I want to build a giga church. If it's megabyte, gigabyte, I want to build a terra church. I want to to reach as many people as humanly possible. And I think to a degree this comes from a heart of God, from the lens of the Spirit. You see, because I know how the story ends, and maybe you do too. Have you read Revelation? This is a picture of where this is all culminating to. This is Revelation. It says, After this I looked there, and before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. When I read that, I say, Lord, use me to build the multitude. Lord, use me to reach every nation, tribe, and people. Lord, would you do that at this place? I want to get there and be like, you're there because we were at Amazing Love? That's awesome. Hallelujah. We're before the throne. We made it. And I have a further confession. I don't just want this to be a megachurch. I want every church that bears the name of Jesus and goes forward with his word and truth and purity to be a megachurch. I think there's that many people to reach. I really do. But the truth is, I don't know if this is going to be a megachurch. The truth is, I see churches that are not megachurches and are struggling with this answer of why do some churches grow and not others? Now, at one end there is this principle of stewardship where it is ours to go forward as best we can and make the, the, the best decisions we can for the kingdom of God. To learn, to pray over them, and and to say, Lord, use the best of me so that they can see the best of you, Lord. Um, And and, and that is our responsibility, that to work hard with whatever our hands find to do. There's that principle of stewardship. So we go to conferences and we learn and we try to change things. and And we do that for the sake of the kingdom, that it might be blessed and that it might grow. But the reality is, if it grows or doesn't grow, it wasn't up to what we did. And the reality is we have a different answer for why this garden grows. Let's get into our lesson. So this is what Jesus is going to speak to, this garden. And it kind of reminds me of uh, what was happening on Dateline, or uh, sorry, 2020. On 2020, they were going to have Mr. Wonderful in and he was going to teach the the top five selling techniques. And I'm not sure if you tuned in or not, uh, you know, teach you how to sell anything, you know, and how great to learn from Mr. Wonderful, who sold all that many stuff. And I remember uh, listening to someone who went to Harvard, and he said, well, what separated, you know, Ivy League College from all the rest is that they got the best speakers in. They got the best of the business, and the best of the communicators, and the best of the organizers, and they all were in, and you got to hear them. Today, I present to you not Mr. Wonderful, but a better wonderful, Jesus. And he's using a teaching technique that just astounds people. They're called parables. And we're going to get into this parable called the sower. And we're going to learn from the master teacher in his master class of how does the church grow. So let's get into it. Luke uh, 8, we'll read there now. It says, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told them a parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he scattered the seed, some fell among the path and it was trampled on. The birds ate it up. Some fell on the rocky ground. and When it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and it choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than it was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Well, now his disciples get this, they need to know what the parable meant. And he said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you. But to others, I speak in parables so that though seeing they may not see and though hearing they may not understand. The meaning of the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. and Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in a time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed that fell on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word and retain it, and by persevering produce a good crop. This is the word of God. And so why do things grow? It's the word. But we looked at different soils. And let me ask you, out of all the four soils, what soil do you want to be? The good soil right and that's what i want to talk about i want to maybe recraft my theme to say aspiring to be good soil that's what we want to talk about aspiring to be good soil in fact in my prayer list i put let me sow in good soil let's let's aspire to be good soil and that's what we want to talk about today the rest is true so with that we have to learn first by what not to do kind of reminds me of climbing a ladder i saw how not to use a ladder that's not what you want to do. Do the opposite of that, you know, one at a time, please. And so I need you to know that uh, for a little bit of this discussion, we're just going to be like, this is what you don't do, right? Are you ready for that? So ready for what not to do? Here we go, what not to do. I need to tell you a story. Uh, my dad started a church, and I was a teenager, and I had an opportunity as a young person to pour into that church and, and be much like you if you've been a member here and just want it to grow. I remember we would canvas, you know, say, hey, do you have a church home? And I remember we would set up stuff, do that here. And I remember he let me sing and he let me preach and, and he let me do all these things just pouring into people and, and hoping that, that they might know Jesus and how good he was. Every now and then we'd have these big occasions. It would be Christmas Eve and the place would be full. And your heart wanted nothing other than for people to know Jesus and see him. That, that, that everything would be done so well that they'd say, wow, this is a good God. But I learned this principle. And I'm a little bit scared to share it because I don't want it to happen. It's a principle that exists that I don't like that it exists. Are you ready for this principle that I observed? The biggest distractions come at the biggest moments. It was Christmas Eve. People were there. Visitors were there. And we wanted it to be oh so good. And the sound system, it was usually all MIDI music. It was all electronic. And it could work for six months flawlessly. But guess at what time it didn't work? Christmas Eve, right. And we would be praying and we'd be sitting in the midst of this awkward silence that didn't get better. It was just weird. We wanted the song to play, it just didn't play. You look back and it seemed like there was smoke coming out of the sound system. We didn't know what was going on. And I learned that sometimes the biggest distractions came at the worst moments when it came to the kingdom do you know who I believe is behind this? I believe there is a devil, and I believe he has the art of distracting at the most inopportune times. That's what I see in our first soil. Let's look at verse 12. It says, those along the path are those who hear, but the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. He steals it. And maybe you've had that experience. Have you ever wanted to have like a devotion like, this is my time with God. I'm going to grow my faith and go from there. And then you were so distracted, the thoughts in your head, you couldn't even focus on what was reading. And you read it, but it went through and didn't go. And Right? Or have you been in worship and it was so hard to pay attention? Right? It can happen spend for me. I remember singing with junior choir and all my friends were talking and I'm like, I gotta get something from the word, but they're all talking and fooling around, all that kind of stuff. And I wasn't holy, but I was trying to get something from the word, right? And, and the biggest distractions come at the biggest moments. So if you aspire to be good soil, what should we do? You know, I had something stolen from me once. I was in college and uh, <laughs> I'm bare before you, but uh, anyway, um, I had fashion glasses, Uh, so (laughs) they weren't even prescription, they were just, I liked how they looked, and uh, I had these fashion glasses that um, I couldn't find, and I would walk around campus, and I saw someone else had my fashion glasses on, they they had been stolen, and it was about two months where I see my beloved fashion glasses, I know they were mine, no one else had them, no other guy buys fashion glasses, And they were sitting there on the stage of the campus and as I see my fashion glasses, my beloved fashion glasses, just sitting there with no one else around, what do you think I did? If I liked them? I took them back! Exactly! I'm here to tell you on behalf of God, you want to be good soil? If the devil's trying to steal something, you got to take it back. That word is always before you. That word is on your lips and in your heart. That word is so readily available. If one date didn't work with God, set up another date and another date and another date. If you didn't get anything out of your devotion, have another devotion. You didn't get anything out of worship, listen to the podcast. Listen to two podcasts. I don't care. Set up the dates and take back what the devil stole. This is how you're good seed. Wow, I'm excited today. Got to cool down a little bit. Speaking of cooling down, it's fall. Let's move on. And how many love fall? Anyone? Is this their favorite season? My favorite season? Absolutely. And we observe seasons in, in nature, right? In summer and winter, uh, winter, right? And, uh, and all these kind of things it is natural to happen. What happens in nature happens in life. Uh, You can have seasons in your age. You can be a young person, middle-aged, and then not not middle-aged anymore. I won't say what that is. But anyway, um, and and you can have that with, like, family life. And you have young kids and you have, you know, middle-aged kids and then empty nesters. And and we, we know what seasons are, right? Seasonal things can also happen spiritually. And that's the second soil. Let's see what it says. Verse 13. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it. They have no root. They believe for a while. They believe for a season, a time. It's marked. It's determined. It only lasts a little bit. And we need to talk about a seasonal faith. Do you know that seasonal faith is dangerous? It's dangerous, my fellow aspiring to be good soul people. It's dangerous. In fact, it kind of reminds me of the dangers of texting and driving. You ever see commercials that tell you the dangers of texting and driving? I have one for you. Let, Let me show you this commercial. picture I posted of you. AT&T reminds you, it can wait. You get the point, right? You look down for an instant, you stop paying attention for an instant, and that is exactly when a crash can happen. You know, I wish the church could produce another video, and it's this video that would be about keeping your eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. There's a passage that says that. Fix your eyes on the author and perfecter of the faith. And then I wish I could produce this video that when we took our eyes off of Jesus, crash, crash. There is never a moment, there is never a season where we should stop looking at who Jesus is. In fact, Jesus told another parable about this exact point. It was a parable about ten people waiting for a party. And, and five people were always ready for the party. They had lamps and enough oil for their lamps, so that whenever the, the groom came, they were gonna go to the wedding party. But then there were another five. And these five, they they had only enough for a season. And their lamps, they ran out of oil, which was a picture of faith. It was faith in a season. And then they went out to get more oil. And then that's when the groom came back. And the five who were ready, they went to the party, which is a picture of heaven. And I love the fact that God wants to party with us for an eternity. That's his picture, right? You know, and the ready, they went. But the five who were not ready, they come to the door of the party. And they knock on the door. We know it's you guys. We want in the party. But were they in the party? No, the door was shut. They took their eyes off and crashed. Seasonal faith is absolutely dangerous. We don't know when the Lord is coming back. We don't know the day of our death. If you've ever convinced yourself, I'm just going to take the season of my life off. That's the most dangerous decision you can make. So if you want to be good soil, it's about this. You have to have faith. You have to fix your eyes on Jesus in every season. When I'm going to college, when I'm at this next stage, when I'm going here, I need to bring Jesus in every season if I want to aspire to be the good soil. There's more. There's the third type of soil. And for this soil, it's about how we use energy, the soil among the thorns. And it kind of reminds me of a book that I read. I read a book called The Power of Full Engagement. The Power of Full Engagement, I recommend it. It's a good book. It's about how, how to stay engaged is really how to exert your energy. That there are times where you create energy, where you store energy, and you expend energy. And if you really want to stay fully engaged, you've got to really manage how you use your energy. The third soil, I believe, had an energy problem. See, this is my illustration. Let's say um, this is their energy reservoir, right? And and thankfully, it's filtered by Brita. This is all I had. I'm sorry. But their energy is filtered by Brita, and there are choices on what they can use their energy for. These choices are here. I don't know if you can read them. This is your eye test and going from there. Um, And so what God says is that some people with their energy reservoir, they, they, they put it into worry. What are the kids doing? Oh, my goodness, they're out on Friday. No, no, college, ah, right? But there's another reservoir you can use your energy for. Oh, got to get it, got to have it, got to work for it, got to go there, got to have it, got to work for it, ah. And this could be our lives. We only have limited amount of energy and we could just pour everything into our worries. Our emotional energy, our resources, trying to figure everything out, the sky is falling, need to have more money, make more money, all that kind of thing. We could spend our energy on pleasures and riches. And to that point, guess guess what we have left then for God's kingdom? I went to a conference And the speaker was saying that in the state of America, he thought this was what was happening. That the majority of Christians knew Jesus. It's just that their energy was going to different places other than the kingdom of God. That there was such vast potential in the reservoir, but the choosing of where to spend the reservoir was in all the wrong places. And to this good soil, to this good soil, Jesus spoke these words. He said, if you seek me and my kingdom first and my righteousness, what did he say about these? They'd be given to you as well. You know the passage, don't you? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Let these chips fall where they may. Good seed, we need to primarily get our energy to God. He should get the best of what we have if you want to be good seed, good soil. He should get the best of our time, talents, treasures. This is how good soil operates and this was the problem with the thorns. But now we are to the good soil. Let's read verse 15 to see again what we want to be. This is our role model soil for today. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word of God, retain it, and persevere by producing a crop. I wanna talk about the good soil and a characteristic. <clears throat> I wanna know have you ever felt like this apple? Have you ever felt like the red apple standing among a bunch of green apples? Maybe it was like, you know, have you ever been in an audience and like they wanted you to clap and you found you're the only one clapping? You know? Or well, they said, everyone stand up and you're the only one who stood. You ever been at a dance where you were the only one dancing? You know, that's not me, but I've seen it happen anyway. I need you to know that at one point or another in your walk with Jesus, you can feel this way. At one point or another, it'd be like, like who else is, is doing this? Like, I am the red among the green. What is going on? In fact, a man named Elijah had this moment. Uh, Elijah lived in a time where everyone was turning away from God, and he felt like he was the only one. In fact, he said these words, I'm the only one left. And what you need to know is that though that's how you feel, that's also what the good soil is willing to do. Does that make sense? When you look at verse 15, at the end it says they persevere. In the Greek, a better word was they remain. They remain. That I believe good soil remains though all else would leave. That there is a grit to the good soil there's something in it that says, you knock me down, I'm getting right back up. You tell me not to come, I'm showing up tomorrow. There's something in my way, I'm breaking it down, baby. And I wanted to do a gut check with you. I wanted to ask you, if your family all stopped following Jesus and it was only you, would you follow? I wanted to ask if this church closed, and I hope it doesn't, but if it does, would you still follow? If I ceased to be your pastor, and some of you would rejoice anyway, but if I ceased to be your pastor, would you still follow? If your kids cursed you for your Christian habits, would you still follow? If everyone in this country forsook Christ and followed their own ways, would you still be standing? And I'm here to tell you there's something about the Spirit of God, the Spirit that hopefully works in your heart that says, even if all would go, even if I'm the last one left in the battle fray, I'm still going to stand because there's only one who holds my heart. His name is Jesus And this is what good soil does. Is that in you? Is it in you to say, if all else would leave, I'm still going to be standing here, Jesus? Jesus warned us that this would be the cost of discipleship. He said, you want to be good soil, you got to count the cost. And here was the cost. He said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife, Brothers and sisters, sorry about that. Yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Now, you don't literally have to hate those people. That's hyperbole. It just means that in contrast to how much we love Jesus, we love everyone else so much less. That we'd be willing to give them up if that's what it meant to follow Jesus. Now, who thinks this is hard? (laughs) I feel like we could walk away saying, this is a hard teaching. And we're missing the secret sauce of what makes it all possible. So that's what we want to talk about now. What makes this all possible, this hard task? Anyone been apple picking lately? Apple pickers? I love walking down apple orchards and it's almost like candy, that that fresh fruit. But But if you've been to an apple orchard, you will not have fresh apples without what? You will not have fresh apples without trees and you would not have trees without seeds. Read my mind, people. Come on, right? (laughs) (laughs) We've been talking about the apples that we might produce for God. But a discussion about apples makes no sense without a discussion about the seeds. Because you don't have apples without seeds that produce trees that produce apples. So, what we really need to see is what's the seed? Verse 11. The seed is what? Shout it out. It is the Word of God. And so, we need to wonder and ask how is your use and appreciation of that seed? What are you doing with God's Word? That word is that, that is available to you. That word where if you need a Bible today, please let us give you a Bible today. That word that is podcast in so many different ways. That word that is opportunity for every Sunday to be here. What are you doing with that word? As your friend, as your pastor, I want to know, how's your devotional life? As long as you live your devotional life, your personal devotion life will be important as long as you live as your pastor, your worship life will be important. And it's not because we're saved by being here. It's because the word is here. How is those things? If we neglect God's word, today is the day to say, I don't want to do that anymore. Today is the day to repent and say, Lord, change my heart and change my ways. Let me see the seed for what it is. Let me see how beautiful it is. Let me cherish the seed of your word. And why is the seed so good? Because it contains secrets. Has anyone ever shared with you a secret? Usually when someone shares with you a secret, it's a good thing. It it means that they're your friend. It means that they're letting you in and that's always an honor. One passage that stuck out to me was when Jesus talked to his disciples in verse 10. Look what he said in verse 10. He said the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom have been given to you. You know, when you use the seed of the word, it's like Jesus calling you. Hey, 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 I want to tell you a secret. Hey, hey, learn from me, the master teacher. I got secrets for you. I want to whisper in your ear. In fact, we just learned one secret. We learned about the kingdom today, didn't we? He's like, this is how the garden grows. And and, and the primary secret was this that he's in charge of the growing and I'm in charge of the sowing. That's what I learned from the parable. I can't can't worry about how it grows and what God does with the seed. I I just need to worry about my my soil and what I do with the seed, right? And and so whether God grows it or not, it's really not up to me, which is going to be key for us as a mission church, right? We need to know that this is what God does, the growing, which means he gets all the credit when it grows. It means we rely on him when it doesn't, right? But primarily wondering about someone else's soil is wondering about what I'm sowing in my own heart and how my own soil is because I'm in charge of the sowing, not the growing. Do you know how much that comforts a pastor? And if you think I'm trying to punt, I'm not trying to punt at all. I want to work as hard as I can. I want to give all that I got to the glory of God. But all I know is I'm not in charge of the growing. I'm just in charge of the sowing, my friends. Right? But he's got more secrets. We just learned one. He's got secrets about that party he's prepared. He's got secret about what happens when when bad things are going on and tragedies and what he can do in the midst of tragedy and when you're hurting. He's got secrets. In fact, I want to give you his greatest secret. And at this point, I wanted to call up my daughter, Bella. She's going to help me illustrate this. At the Bloomer household, I like to do things that probably annoy my kids, but they're such good sports that I do it anyway. And every now and then, I call him over and I say, hey, Bella, I got a secret for you. You know, and she's getting real intense, you know, about what that secret is. And you can come all over, I got a secret. And I tell her. And what is the secret? He said, I- <laughs> and it was a ploy, right? You know, I didn't really have a secret. There are no unicorns. You know, she already knew this, right? You know, but it said I love you, right? You can go sit down. And, and I need to tell you, I need to tell you that Jesus has got a secret for you, and you wouldn't have figured it out on your own. And it's not a ploy, but He whispers into your ear today, I love you. (laughs) Why? I don't know. I love you. Because I love you. (laughs) Don't you know that? (laughs) If you get into me, you get this secret all on a regular basis I love you. I'm with you. You're my kid, man. Why would we give up on this secret? Let's get into the Word. Let our soil be ready for that Word that says, I love you, I've forgiven you, you are mine. May God grow that in your heart so it grows to many others. Amen. Please stand. And the peace of God which transcends our understanding, may it guard your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. This time we have opportunity to encourage one another with a common faith. We'll confess the Apostles' Creed together.